All right, we are live. We did it. Oh, I I almost forgot. Yeah, we have to look there because otherwise we look down at ourselves and then we just look like we're sad. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, or or sleeping, which would be pretty natural for me right now because I'm tired. Oh, (laughs) I don't know why. I'm glad you made it today. Sometimes it's it's just one of those days. Yeah, you know, Alana and I were watching TV last night and we probably watched it like, not that we watched it too long. We had youth group, so we got home late. So we were like, well, we're not really tired because we're jazzed up from youth group. So we watched a TV show and then we ended up going to bed late and then I wake up at five to work out. So it probably has something to do with that. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say you wake up early, so it just wasn't your normal rhythm. What is wrong with me? Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. Also, I didn't even hear my alarm. Like I was sleeping through it and Alana goes, well, your alarm. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's just, yeah, it's what it is. It's reality, but it is it's all rea- good. Reality TV. Yeah, reality so. reality TV. I don't know if that's what this is, but it's close. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about the armor of God today. So last week we were talking about uh, Satan and evil and yeah. all that stuff. And we were leading into the things that we need to do as Christians in order to fend that off. Yeah. So today that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, how do you how do you beat back Satan? How do you fight? Satan, I, you can probably see this. This episode is called "This Is How I Fight My Battles?" Question mark. Based off of a very popular worship song that I can't stand. I know you talked about it last I week. I do not like that song, and here's why. I mean, they added, they made a new version where they added some scripture to it, which makes it better. But before that, it was literally just saying the words "This is how I fight my battle" over and over and over and over again. And you're like, well, how? how? Right. <laughs> and but to be fair. We're going to talk about how. Yeah. Because it's important. If you're going to sing those words, you should probably know the how. Yeah. And I mean, I think the people who wrote the song would probably consider them fighting the battles or singing in worship. And that's the fighting of the battles. But what we're going to see is that it's not necessarily that. No, I know that it's much more, um, I want to say detailed. Yeah. And thankfully... In Ephesians, it gets broken down for us. Yeah. It's Ephesians 6, right? 6, 10 through 10 20. Through, yeah. If you have a Bible, open it up. Yeah. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, you just talk to them for a second. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. So Ephesians 6, <laughs> 10 through 20, you're going to see, no problem. You're going to see that it talks about the armor of God. Um, and it breaks it down literally into different parts of armor. And It's talking about the armor of, at the time, it would be a Roman soldier. Now, I do want to mention, when I was looking into some things for this, (laughs) welcome back. When I was looking into some things for this, oh, good call. You have the armor. This was given by one of my youth students back when I first started youth group, and it's the full armor of God, like a Roman soldier. It's got the shield, the belt. That was totally worth walking away for. I had to leave to get it. No, totally worth walking away for. You know who you are who gave me this. So shout out. I don't know if you're watching this. (laughs) We're going to put them right there. Can people see? Oh, uh, kind of. Yeah. Put it right here. So. (laughs) Block Monet the whole time. Um, So a couple of interesting things came up when I was looking at different bullet points to talk about, um, about the armor of God. And I actually saw something, and I'm telling you this in case you come across it. So most people think of um, the armor of God being compared to the armor of a Roman soldier. Mm -hmm. Um, Occasionally, yes. Occasionally you'll come across online um, someone say that it's supposed to mimic um, the garb of 
like a high priest. Now, I was shocked when I came across this because yeah. it didn't make sense, right? So I'm telling you this in case you come across it so you're not confused why that wouldn't be the case. And it wouldn't be the case because Paul is writing to the Ephesians and they are Greek. So they yes. would not know this Hebrew high priest stuff. So I just was mentioning no, that while you walked good. away. Paul, I was finding a topic that you wouldn't no, need to great, comment that's on. That's a great topic. Paul would be writing, Paul's writing to Greeks. So why would he be talking about what a high exactly. priest wears? Exactly, yeah. And also, high priests didn't carry shields. No, and they didn't have helmets. Or swords. Yeah, so I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we always come across different things online. And if you're looking into it, you might come across that too. And sometimes I think um, we all forget to consider the context. And so yeah. it's important to realize that Paul is writing to Greek people. Yeah. He's not writing to um, Correct. to Hebrew people. Yeah, it's so, important. Um, to the Jews. And it's also, you know, we don't. I guess sometimes people just want to make stuff extra holy or try to create yeah. some, you know, there's that, there's that cool moment when you, maybe you learn what a Hebrew word means, or you make some cool connection in scripture that you didn't notice before. And I think people just try to create that sometimes because it makes people go, wow. Yeah. But it's like, I'm going to be honest. If that, if, if that was referring to a great high priest's garb, I would have been like, eh. no, it's much more <laughs> straightforward. Less interesting. Yeah. So interestingly, this is the passage that was, first given to me when I accepted Christ. So I was teaching, I was not teaching, I was working at a Christian summer camp, but I wasn't a Christian yet, but I was working at the Christian summer camp because they had very loose standards as to who their staff could be. Um, <laughs> and the uh, youth pastor at my church at the time, the one my parents had been going to, he calls me up and he says, hey, let's go get breakfast. I mean, you're, you're a counselor at this camp. You should probably be teaching Bible studies and stuff. So he um opens up the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, and we're talking about it. And you know, when you're in when you're in college and you're hearing about like spiritual armor and you're like, oh, this is cool. You know, it's just it was the kind of thing that like kind of it, it was a good entry point for me. And I just started asking tons of questions really? about things. Yeah, it's very interesting. I have um, no idea. Most people don't because I don't think I've shared that with this church. Right. That's really, really cool. Yeah. That your your opening to it was a more spiritual. Yeah. For sure. Um, topic. Yeah. And it, like, because, you know, to be fair, I had known the stories. I grew up going to right. church. I grew up, I, I knew all the Bible stories. I knew who Jesus was in the Bible. But that spiritual connection, I think, is what ultimately drew me in. It wasn't oh, this, wow. let's learn about things. You know, that, that's good. That's helpful for people. But unless you really make that spiritual heart level connection for yourself, it's, Again, it's knowledge without love. Yeah. Sort of, right? What is that? That's yeah. good. Knowledge without love. It's knowledge without love. Biblical yeah. reference. So where is that again? And do you know, do you remember off top of your Where's head? What? Knowledge without, that's Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Yes. But I don't know if it's my translation says knowledge without love. Knowledge without love means nothing. Oh. Yeah. You mean like. First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Yes. First Corinthians 13. 13. Like yep, the, the yep. big the love standard passage. standard big love yes. passage. Yep. Basically how everything without love means nothing. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. <laughs> all I understand right, all now. Right. So we, so we veered off. So the, the passage read at every. I know. Ever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. I should have known that. Um, all right. So the armor of God. So a couple of questions that come up and I have notes today because I want to make sure we don't miss any parts of the armor of God. Um, what's the purpose of the armor of God? I mean, the question really is, okay, if we're saved and last week we talked about how Satan is real and there's this middle ground of being aware of that and paying attention and recognizing that there's a spiritual battle and being, putting an 
overemphasis on Satan and his power. Yeah. We had a you know a discussion about coming to a middle ground on that, that it doesn't have to be so extreme in one way or the other. Um, so a lot of times the question is, well, if I'm saved and you know, ultimately Satan has no power over my salvation, what's the purpose of the armor of God and needing to battle? Right. That's a good question. Can, did, did you talk about what the armor of God was already? Kind of. We talked about... Like specifically? I didn't go through the... First thing I was going to do was talk about this and then go through the different parts of the armor of God. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, the, the before you get into any of like the specific armor pieces anyway, mm -hmm. Paul writes, put on the whole armor of God so you can stand against the fiery darts of the devil, the fiery darts of evil. So just to look at last week, yeah, you know, we, we're talking about the the that satan's on the prowl well how do you defeat satan well you got to outfit yourself in this yourself in this stuff um and again it's a spiritual armor it's not you don't see monet or i walking around in in armor right now yeah. although that'd be pretty cool um but we're not that'd be probably like never mind i'm gonna go okay, down, yeah. i'm gonna rabbit hole um <laughs> so yeah it'd be it'd be pretty crazy but no it's a spiritual armor and it's something you need to to equip to use a video game term equip um, so that you can stand against Satan when he does come at you. Like it's, yeah. it's because he's going to, yeah, he is. I he's mean, he's going it, to, and Paul says, so you can't, you will stand against the fiery darts of, of Satan. Not that if, you know, if Satan decides he's, you're going to be his target, blah, blah, blah. It's like, if you know, if you're doing things for the kingdom of God, he's going to try and take you down. That's just, that's just a reality. So, mm -hmm. um, we put on this armor to, to protect ourselves from it. Yeah. And to, you know, to, um, overcome the temptations. Mm -hmm. that we have the, the armor of god protects us from satan and also from our own temptations which yes, last week we good. talked yeah you know and last week we talked a little bit about how our own temptations that come from our nature um satan kind of uses those and just runs away with it you know if we allow so the armor of god really it helps us in that battle against temptation, which then leads to sin and Satan is on that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's good. <clears throat> um, you know, it makes me think of uh just this this idea that, that we often I don't know, I, I get this sense of Christianity that Christians many times will kind of buckle down and be like, Okay, I got my armor of God equipped. I can handle the attacks. I can I can pray through the attacks. And, then, and, then, and what what really bothers me, and I'm going to go to something completely different right now. Um, Jesus takes his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. And Caesarea Philippi is a pretty whack place. Um, I've been there. And there was a temple to the god Pan. And Pan was uh, just whack. I'm not going to get into all the details <laughs> because they get pretty graphic. Um, but there were some weird things going on at Pan's temple, like the ways that they did worship of Pan. Um, <clears throat> and that's where Jesus decided to turn to his disciples and say, uh, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ. And how interesting is that, that in the context, he's in that place. And, and Jesus then says um, that the gates of hell will not stand against the church. And that's that's the verse I like to focus on because we're always talking about Satan attacking us. Mm -hmm. But really what the armor of God is meant to do is protect us as we move forward. Yes. Into yeah. Satan's territory, into his domain. We are taking the kingdom and shining it forth into into darkness. So 
So the reality is, and, and that makes it really cool. It's like a, it literally is this battle. And like, you think of these movies like 300 or right. these movies where you have soldiers who are like pushing forward in the attack. That's what we're doing is so the church is on the offense to the point where Satan's really on the defensive. That's why he's firing arrows at us. He's mm-hmm. not, he's not running at us with a sword. He's literally, Paul says, so you can stand against the darts, the, the arrows mm-hmm. of the evil one. So you picture Satan and his army, they're firing arrows trying to keep the church away. Yeah. So you stand because you're pushing forward and the armor is just causing those arrows to bounce off. You. Yeah. It's so much cooler than. Yeah, I like, like that. Eh. I love that. Well, that's so it's so interesting you say that because when I was yeah. trying to piece together all of this, um, you know, the best way to break it down. Um, most of the armor of God is, and I hope I use the right term, defensive. Yes, yes, most right of term. it is defensive. Mm-hmm. And um, that completely fits everything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. If there are fiery arrows shooting at us, it's because people feel like people, meaning Satan and his demons, are under attack yeah. by the light, by the kingdom of God. And obviously, we know who wins. That's going to be God. Uh, it already has. He's already won through Christ. Yeah. But we have this armor of God, which essentially protects us. And we need to put it up with these different pieces. And we should get into what those different pieces yeah. are, right? So I talked about it that I auto-tuned some songs. This was also one of <laughs> Oh, was it really? Fun fact. Yeah. So it's just but it was the New King James version. So all the words were very interesting. Like King James gird, gird your waist with truth <laughs> rather loins. than put on the belt. Right, right. Gird your waist. Right. Is isn't it like is it loins a word? That in one of these well, loins is an inappropriate. <laughs> it is, thing. but isn't that what you gird in- your loins? Which is basically what that was. Was back in the day, they wore robes, right? And if you tried to run into battle wearing a robe, you'd trip. So you right. would actually tie your robe, and that's what girding your loins was. It was right, tying right, your okay. robe up. It was like basically turning your robe into a giant diaper. <laughs> but it was so that you didn't fall and trip. I didn't realize when you were this. in battle. Yeah. Oh wow little something new well wait i just want to go back so what he was talking about with the auto tune is memorizing scripture yes so you memorized the armor of god i memorized the armor of god with a friend of mine dan because we used a t-pain app that let us auto tune anything we wanted so we were like let's auto tune the bible it's the best song out there so we did and uh yeah so so we made songs to memorize scripture which is we were talking about before is a really good tool so the armor of god yeah so moving on the the belt of truth the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness um the god it says protect your feet with the boots of the gospel or other translations say the gospel of peace Mm -hmm. um so uh that's that's an important one because well i guess we're gonna talk about all these but that's an important one because it's like Protect your feet with the gospel and then uh, hold up the shield of faith, uh, put on the helmet of salvation. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is then is the only weapon. Hold up the sword of the spirit. Yep. Um, so see, I got it memorized. I love T-Pain. this. Auto-tune, right? <laughs> so I also wanted to make sure we emphasize at the very end, after all of the bullet points of the different parts of the armor, it says to stay in prayer, like mm. to, to always it's pray good. in mm. whatever your circumstances are. That's not exactly what the words are, but it says that to always pray um, and present all kinds of requests um, to God on behalf of yourself and other people. So that really caps off the whole thing because that the prayer is our relationship with God that we are working to protect really and to maintain. Um, So the belt of truth, um, I have my little notes. Do it. So (laughs) Belt of truth um, has to do with recognizing deception. 
So truth leads to stability and eventually stability leads to liberation. So if you are solid and firm on the truth, then you can have protection against lies and deception, which we know is Satan's game. Yeah. So that's that's the belt yeah. of truth. Also, a belt holds your pants up. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be caught with your pants down. Nice. And I like that. That's false. That's bad. So that has nothing to do with it ultimately, because I guess the belts, the belts were honestly really what it comes down to is when you think of so we looking at this also in terms of we talked about Roman armor. Mm -hmm. So a belt bound everything together. Mm -hmm. And so the concept of truth, the reason Paul ascribes the belt of truth. Now remember, it's spiritual armor. It's not, you're not actually putting on armor pieces here. So the reason he uses truth with a belt is he's saying truth, your worldview of truth needs to bind everything else mm. together. I'm preaching a sermon this Sunday using that verse, bring every thought captive to Christ from um, 2 Corinthians 10. And it's just that idea that if you, you need to find your standard of truth and that should be the binding force of your entire persona. Mm -hmm. So that's why that belt is the belt of truth. Yeah. And that was so good. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, and, you know, then the question becomes, well, what is that truth and where does it come from? And again, it it's what, like what Pastor Will said, it has to do with your worldview. Mm. And the best way to find stability in the truth and your worldview is through Bible study, you know, learning the Bible, learning the word of God and prayer, you know, and living yeah. all of that stuff out. I yeah, think and, and, and truth then becomes part of who you are. Something we don't really mention on the show much, but I think it's really good is, you know, find, find other people at a, at a local church who are biblically sound, who you can yeah. bounce ideas and questions off of. Yeah. Because something, one of the reasons I like doing a podcast versus preaching a sermon is when you preach a sermon, it's like, I was just telling one of our church members about this. I was like, I'd much rather do podcasts all the time because when you preach a sermon, it's, Hey, Will, read a bunch of stuff and study and then tell it to You're us. You're talking at people, Whereas right? if you can process together <clears throat> when it, it just, it can really help. So yeah, building building your standard of truth on that concept. No, I think that's huge. I, I'm glad you mentioned community because yeah. only through community and interaction with other people can we see the reflection of any errors yeah, that we have. Yeah, good point. You know, sure. we, if you're not with community, you're not going to be with if you're not with trusted people who know the word of god it is so easy to stray off you know the bible says it's not good for a man to be alone right and you know there is a reason for that so i'm so glad you mentioned that we don't talk about it a lot and we should sure. mention it more uh next we have the breastplate of righteousness <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is important for defending defense, right? Defending ourselves against false accusations. So mm -hmm. the fiery arrows of false accusations that we are not right with God. So that's when, what kind of Christian are you? You did this and you just did that. All the, you know, when Satan as the accuser, that's one of his titles, the accuser comes towards you and says, you know what? You're a bad Christian. You mm -hmm. should just, you know, give up on that. Um, you've already started gossiping. You should just head continue down that path or you've already, I don't know, pick your sin. You've already done this. Yeah. You know, you might as well continue for the rest of the day and start tomorrow. You know, you're, you're not good enough. That is attempting to take away or to elude to the fact that you are not righteous with God yeah. through Christ. It's really good. And it's this recognition again with the armor that the breastplate protects the heart. 
And that's really, I mean, that's the most vital organ in your body. So with Satan coming at you, trying to deceive you with the way other people might try to convince you of, um, you're not doing enough to right. follow Jesus. And it's this idea. So you put on that breastplate of righteousness because it's not, it's not this standard of righteousness, but rather your heart has been restored and renewed in Christ. You are a new creation and you are made righteous because of him. Right. So that's that, it's that protection of the heart. Just pretty much what you said. No. So. Yeah. But, and you know what? Um, That was, that was, again, another way I studied this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've had to teach it to youth. So I've had oh, to make it really simple. It's, yeah, you not have. Not simplistic, but, no, but simple clear, in communication. Direct, clear, Yeah. Very, yep. very clear. And, you know, when I was super brand new Christian and I was looking into this stuff, my questions were always, how? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. How? Like, I really wanted to get to the nitty gritty of, that's nice. Well, but how do I do that? So, you know, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, okay. Righteousness, we're right with God through Christ. Well, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, because it is, it's not really a breastplate. And I learned over time for myself, and I think that this might be helpful for other people, that it's becoming really firm in the knowledge and the understanding of your salvation through Christ. Not just saying, I'm saved, you know, like Jesus saved me. So mm-hmm. I'm right with God. You need to know that, like really know that, yeah. walk around knowing that. And well, that, that's the helmet. That's the, no, yeah, actually it's so funny. <laughs> There's the thoughts I have it here. It, but it does tie into all of them, yes. really. Like any of this stuff, I think what you can apply this concept to any of these different defenses and then the offense, which we'll get to last, um, by recognizing that it's not just like information that you know and you check yeah. a box off of. It's not even just like quoting scripture, you know, and we we talk about that, like using the word of God against evil, mm-hmm. but it's not just saying it. It's developing the true belief and understanding and knowledge within that is the grace that you have. Yeah. And, and, that that's, and that's why it's that the breastplate of righteousness is it's that understanding that your heart has been transformed. So it's, it's like, it's, it's, you can't, you can't just, you're not just living your life as the same person. I mean, we know from scripture, um, no one is righteous. No, not one. All all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Um, John Calvin said that the human heart is a factory of idols. Like there's just this mindset that we are, apart from christ our heart is broken Mm -hmm. our heart is evil our heart is dirty and it is out to do terrible things and the breastplate of righteousness now says look god not only gave you a new heart but now he's going to protect that new heart yeah that's why you you have to protect it put on that armor because that new heart is worth protecting yeah the old one wasn't the old one was garbage but the new one is worth yeah guard your heart you know you have to guard your heart oh and look that phrase that everyone uses about christian dating that's not what it means right (laughs) (laughs) it means this right no yeah it's true (laughs) so guarding your heart you know oh my gosh i just lost my train of thought sorry but no, no no it's okay that's funny but um Oh, oh, I wanted to just go back to just to kind of re-mention a video that we did because it might sound to somebody like, oh, well, what if I don't feel that way? Yeah. Well, the sanctification process, which is what we talked about. What do you mean feel ago. that way? <clears throat> right. So somebody might say, well, you know, I don't feel totally like God's changed my heart and I am still struggling and I don't necessarily feel right with God. Sure. So... I think when Satan's fiery arrows are coming at us as people, we have a tendency to rely on our feelings. And there is this 
division sometimes of what we know to be true versus what we feel. And, you know, Satan plays on that. So to remember too, that we're going through the sanctification process, we have that grace that you're not always going to feel like everything is great. Right. And, and again, because of the sanctification process, that's another reason you wear that breastplate. You're protecting your heart because day after day, you're becoming more like Christ. So you don't want something to pierce in there. That's going to take that away right so it's a consistent guarding that's what i'm trying to say it's it's not like an overnight like hey everything's awesome here's my breastplate of righteousness i'm good and just gonna keep walking right (laughs) it's 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 something that you're developing over time awesome Um, so next we have feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel the readiness Mm -hmm. always be ready that's what i had to really look into because i've i i feel like paul was like how do i phrase this Like you want to walk in the gospel, but you got to get out there. But also the gospel is your foundation, but also like there's just all these things he was trying to make. So protect your feet with the readiness and the firmness of the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's like, what does that mean? What you got? All right. What do I have? So in my, when I looked at it um, and it made sense to me, but I really, I really had to pick it apart. So that's why I have to take a look here and see what I wrote. Um, okay. So recalling the truth of the good news. So mm-hmm. being ready mm-hmm. for that, be, recalling the truth of the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of our salvation through Christ. Mm. And, you know, we say that a lot and that's something that as Christians we repeat, but I think sometimes we, we, the meaning gets, you know, convol- like diluted yeah. in repeating it all the time. So truly being ready to understand at any moment and to know at any moment that you are saved, that you have a right relationship with God, and that is through Jesus. And I, when I was also looking it up, it talked about, and I thought that this was very helpful because I wasn't thinking in this way, about remembering to stay on the right path. Mm-hmm. So staying being in the path of righteousness, you know, we oh, are, good, we yeah. have a right relationship with God, but we have an obligation. It's not like you have a right relationship with God. Everything's awesome. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. It is still our job as people. And it's not easy. Sometimes it's hard to walk in the path of righteousness, to make choices that we don't want to make, yeah. to stay on the right path, you know, things that we don't want to do. So having your feet ready with the peace of the gospel. <laughs> yeah. No, it's <laughs> it, that's it, yeah. that's a combination the of those two things. gospel brings peace. I mean, yeah. it's a peace that surpasses understanding, right? I mean, Jesus calls it calls it that. So there's when you think of boots or shoes, like why why do you wear them? I mean, if you're walking around barefoot, you're going to stub your toe, you're going to trip on stuff and it's going to hurt more, you're going to step on a stick or a nail or so Feet protect their boots, protect your feet. Yeah. Right. And um, they also prevent you from slipping and sliding. Like you said, you're staying on the path. They provide traction, all that stuff. So, um, and it's the base of the armor. It's the lowest point. So the gospel should be your foundation. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's all those layers. And I think that's why Paul says it in like kind of a weird way. You're like, yeah, he's like, it's a foundation thing, but a path thing and also a traction thing. So here. You know? Yeah, hopefully. You so get, yeah, it's all those things. There. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, next we have our shield of faith. Yes, and it also says can extinguish the flaming arrows. That's from the flaming the arrows part. Yeah. So, um, 
that makes me think of the movie 300 when they're all walking with the shields and they stop and they create like that wall right right and the arrows just hit it and then they get up and keep walking while the archers reload it's so powerful scene it isn't but that's what the that's what yeah. the shields were mostly used for yeah. i guess that and also sword combat because you'd block the sword but what makes this interesting is he's not like we said satan's not coming at you with swords and knives he's coming at you with arrows mm-hmm. which means he's at a distance but you're getting closer and that's that's awesome because i like the idea of christians being on the attack against the kingdom of hell not the kingdom of I hell love that. attacking that's the first the time i thought of it that way yeah. and that is how jesus phrased it so i'm going to take it that way um and it it, it Again, it just it just shows that Satan's Satan's a lot more fearful than I think we think he is. Like if he's he's got the archers out, he's shooting at us. He's like, because he knows Jesus already said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Gates are defensive, not offensive. Mm-hmm. So, and then Jesus kicked it off by rising from the dead. So he's already started pushing that pushing that level. So right. it's just getting more intense. And I I don't know. I, gets me pumped up so no I, I like that what do you have about the shield? so i when i when i looked at shield of faith i always like to pick apart again what does that mean what about yeah. faith and i know for myself faith was something that took me a really long time to understand because the word faith uh it felt like a long time for me always seemed so frail mm. faith and hope always seemed so like well why would i have faith in something or hope in something that may not be yeah but that's I because I, yeah but that's because i didn't really understand the true definition because we throw the words faith and hope around like yeah. it's nothing um <clears throat> and i think that i mentioned it in a couple of other episodes one of my favorite um verses in hebrews 11 1 about and i wrote it down here to make sure i don't mess it up um faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we cannot see so mm-hmm. i like those words confidence and assurance those are concrete words yeah. they're not flimsy they're not like well you know they're concrete assurance confidence so faith is confidence and assurance of jesus of jesus mm-hmm. of our of our salvation of the promises that we have through god so the faith uh, the shield of faith is that truth mm-hmm. it's that concrete assurance of although we cannot see it we know that the words that jesus you know spoke that you brought up a couple times it's the truth and that we can be grounded in our faith and that shield is what keeps us safe yeah the shield of that faith and that's something that you know you build more and more over time also yeah faith grows and Interestingly, the word confidence comes from the Latin confide, which literally means with faith. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know, when people are talking about being confident, really all that is is you're putting your faith in whatever the thing is. I'm confident I'm going to get that job. Well, you have faith that you're going to get that job. It doesn't mean you're you got it. Right. You know? Confidence always comes with um, maybe you're confident you're going to do well on a test because you studied really hard, mm-hmm. or you're confident. So, so faith ultimately is the is the root of your confidence and that's why the shield of faith i think is so awesome because um it really it becomes this this level that's more than just well i believe in some things right it's literally this understanding that no because of the blood of the lamb because jesus died for my sins and rose again satan can't touch me right and that's awesome so it's it is it's an assurance piece yeah. and that's that that's the, the word that really fr- hits is yeah the assurance assurance is what people need to hold on to and when you grasp that mm-hmm. it's awesome because all of a sudden like have you met those people who like i mean i always think of like and 
an elderly woman who just is so faithful and so in love with the Lord. And she'll just say things and you're like, man, I need faith like that. Right. Like she's just so bold and she's so, I don't care if I die in a week. I know where I'm going. And you're like, dang. And it's, it's legit. It's, you know, that yeah. bold is such a good word for that, for, yeah. you know, to describe that. And I think, yeah, assurance really is the the key word there. And yeah. hope is also, when I remember looking up the definition, it's eager expectation. Yeah. So an expectation is something that you expect. Yeah. And um, again, that's it. That that, makes yeah, sense. That's it. Confidence so. and assurance. All and, right, next. Yeah. The <laughs> helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. So it protects your thoughts. Yeah. Got Literally. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, you, but assurance comes into this again because yeah. you are assured of your salvation. And just like with faith, you're assured that there's that side. You're assured that Satan can't touch you. Mm -hmm. The helmet of salvation protects your thoughts. And those thoughts, those thoughts are found are grounded in the assurance that Christ has saved you. You're redeemed. And all those, and honestly, that's like the capstone of all the mm -hmm. other armor pieces to begin with. The truth of knowing, the faith you have in it, the the righteousness received by Christ, and the gospel is the good news that you are saved by grace through mm -hmm. faith. So all those things compile together to salvation. So that's why it's the capstone. At least that's how I interpret it. No, that makes sense. Got? And I mean, it's essentially the same thing, but also taking a look at what those thoughts are and why that matters mm -hmm. to have the, you know, the guarding of those thoughts, yeah. the helmet of salvation. Um, the thoughts are things like doubts, insecurities that you might have. Again, you'll see a lot of accusation coming in there. Mm -hmm. um, and those things are important to be mindful of because when there are weaknesses and insecurities, it leads us to behaviors that are sinful and that yeah. go against the will of, you know, God's will. So um, like, let's say you have an insecurity. Oftentimes when people are insecure, they might speak ill of somebody else in order to build themselves up. Yep. Or, you know, if you don't feel confident in your provisions, then you might be tempted to steal, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. So being aware of your thoughts and that you're going to have your sermon that you're going to do mm -hmm. talking about taking every thought captive, um, it matters. Yeah. So that's, that's what I have. That's it. I mean, that's, that's so good. And the last piece is the only weapon in our arsenal. Yes. Which is the sword of the spirit. Yes. And what does he follow that up with? Against the fire. Wait, no. No, no, no. That's thing. the shield. Yep, that's the shield. He says, and hold up the sword of the spirit, which is the... The word of God. The word of yeah. God. <laughs> what we've been saying since right, episode right. one. Right. <laughs> um, that the Bible, I mean, the Bible is the only weapon in our arsenal. And he says this, it's called the sword of the spirit. It doesn't even belong to us. It belongs to the spirit, the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. spirit of God. Um it's his weapon. He's the one doing all the work. It's his words that are fighting back, that are pushing back. And we just, all the armor pieces are defensive. And the weapon we're given is ultimately God's to begin with. Mm -hmm. And that, that I think is so awesome. Mm -hmm. He's like, look, so you talk about, this is how I fight my battles. When I think <laughs> of that, I really think of, this is how God fights my battles because he's the one doing all the combat. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm reminded, I think we talked about this last week, but when Jesus is tempted in the desert, his response mm -hmm. to Satan is straight scripture. Yeah. He doesn't try to punch Satan in the face. I mean, I'd probably want to because I hate that guy, but Satan, Jesus doesn't. He doesn't throw a punch. He doesn't, he doesn't try and throw a rock at him. He just simply takes what Satan's saying, and some of it is out of context scripture. Mm -hmm. He's taking what Satan's saying and rebutting it with straight scripture yeah. in context. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. So well, I I think that so talking about using the word of God, 
Something that I think is really important to stress mm -hmm. is that the only way you can recognize deception is to know the truth. So if, you know, like we always go to Genesis 3, did Satan really, did, I mean, did God really say that's what Satan does? You yeah. know, did God really say the only way you know if God really says that is to know what the word of God says? Yeah. And I think it's important for people to actually look at the context of what they're reading, because if you don't look at the context, if you just remember one verse and not what's above and what's below it, like you see in the temptation, um, Jesus's temptation, you know, um, Satan starts, I wish I wrote it down with part of the context yeah. and Jesus finishes, mm -hmm. you know, so you knowing all of that matters. Um, and that's really important too in, in today's culture. Because you're going to have people who throw Bible verses oh, out yeah. at you in an attempt to paint God in a negative light, in an attempt to say like, oh man, you want to follow a God who does that? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's there's conversations about, well, you know, it says here that blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I can't tell you the number of Christians who get shook by that because they don't know the word. And then, this is the part that really gets me. Someone talks to you about a Bible verse. It's out of context. You question now but you don't even go back to the right. bible to look it up yourself right. you probably go to google you probably go to some other commentary that someone else gave but when you actually take the time to understand that one we've talked about scripture has no contradictions and two something that has been believed in strongly for 2000 plus years obviously it has to carry some weight yeah so, so take a you look. feel like none of these yeah. arguments have been presented before right. in the past right people still believe right. so it's nothing's new under the sun. No. And very right. <laughs> and very, very, very intelligent people yeah. are Christians, you yeah. know, and, and there are who have studied this stuff studied, deeply and yeah. only came to one conclusion. Yes. So, so yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's important. I, you know, I really can't stress that enough because yeah. it's even it even guards us against our own negative thinking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I myself have had to go back and and quote scripture in my mind against my own thoughts hmm. um, to say, wait, Monet, what you're thinking does not even make sense because that is clearly not in line with God's promises, you know, and I've had to use that. Hmm. So, um, and then like we mentioned in the beginning, it really all ends with pray in the spirit on all occasions. So, and that's always We should good. probably talk about praying in the spirit someday. I think we should. What does it mean to pray in the spirit? And what does it mean to have your spirit pray? So they're both in the Bible. We could do that. Just one. That'd be one episode. <laughs> anyway, going off track. Good. That's the armor. It's good stuff. Yes. Um, I, I love talking about the subject. Again, like I said, it's pretty near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, But also it's, I think it's really eye-opening to that, just that concept that, yes, it's defensive, but we are not on the defensive. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something to recognize. The church is not on the defensive, but you're given armor to protect you as you push forward. Um. And use it. You as a Christian are not called right to be on. passive. Right. And that's important. That's so, huge. Yeah. That's huge. Being a Christian is a very, it's a way of life. It's an active process. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think we talked about the screw tape letters. Yeah. And, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's a good book by C.S. Lewis. And he does talk about the character in there. He's happy with him being a Christian just passively. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's something that Satan also uses. Because if you're not out there spreading the gospel mm -hmm. then you know you're not really and what are you doing yeah you're not really doing what jesus has asked us to do all warns against idleness yeah so yeah. 
that's the arm of God. <laughs> yeah. End on that negative note. Stop being no, lazy. No, get off your, no. get off your behind and a go reminder, do stuff. <laughs> a reminder to be active and to stay active. I love that you brought up community, mm -hmm. you know, to stay active and interacting with one another and other people who, yeah. um, you know, share in the belief and understanding of the word of God. Yeah, I mean, That's I know, important. I know we're in a pandemic. I know people don't like to be close to other people right now, but you can you use need the community and, and you can oh, figure yeah. out ways to make it happen because isolating yourself just gets dangerous and it's easy to start doing yeah so very so right. cool yeah well, i think that's it here's here's the guy <laughs> and um on that note we'll catch you next time bye